Hey, it's November. Listen, this month and this month only, the first time ever, <gasps> enroll in any MAPS bundle, Sexy Athlete bundle, or the Build Your Butt bundle, or Holy the moly. RGB bundle, nine What's months going on this month? of exercise programming, enroll in any bundle, take your pick, any guide we offer for free, Nutrition Survival Guide, or the Fasting Guide, or the Occlusion Guide, plus, that's not all, you can take your pick and get a free MAPS t-shirt. Uh, doesn't matter if it's red, doesn't matter if it's green, doesn't matter mm. if it's black. You get it for free enrolling in any bundle. This is what you do. After you enroll, make sure you email admin at mindpumpmedia.com. Enter your shirt size. Uh, let us know what guide you want and give us your address so we can send you those awesome shirts. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Kumbaya, my lord. Oh my God. <laughs> Kumbaya. You put him up to this song? Dang. Kumbaya, you know what he does? You know what he does? Kumbaya. All right, don't get carried oh, away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's too much. I'm starting to feel my he, he sounds like, a, like you know, The Rock? Like if The Rock had like a shitty singing voice. <laughs> Do you know what? It would be Adam. Do you know what he did though right there? And I feel I feel for him. This what? is what he did. He softened and and tried to sing like not as strong. Because he thinks it makes it, it sound just, better. It's like soothing, it does, it does but it way. sounds equally Ugh. shitty. It's just as bad. <laughs> Anybody with a musically trained ear is yeah. like, ah! Oh my god! Maybe we should close the episode and not open it with, <laughs> with Adam singing. Uh, I appreciate it. Church, it's, it's, it's really hard. For did me you sing to in sing church? Did you sing in church a lot? Because you grew up in church. Yeah, right? I did. I did, and then we. Uh, I hummed a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. my you mom would always be that guy that would like, like, just move his lips, like he wouldn't mm-hmm. even sing, but just would be like, well, you know, I could do it. like mouth. Did you, the whole hum- thing. did you, you gave hummers in church? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Wow, that's a stretch there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you're, yeah, your humming's all as bad as you're singing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. That's not that I- bad. Think, dude, there has to be some technology that like can track like what note he actually hits. I would love to to see that. Here's what. Here's what. This is this confirms 100% unequivocal evidence that confirms my uh, my my theory on the brain and that Mm. that you you there's certain types of intelligences that you may excel in, and then it results absorbing all those resources. It results in like massive disabilities and other types of intelligence. (laughs) Did you just say massive disability? Yeah. Same disability. Yeah. Caps of, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be politically yeah. correct. Yeah, certain parts we, of the brain. We got that email from that lady. That's uh, yeah, yeah, she yeah, said. Yeah. We, we got to be nicer. Right. She Apparently, said we can't say retard anymore. It's fine. We got to be nicer. Bullshit. We can't. Yeah. It's Bullshit. Not, I'll say whatever I want to fucking we'll, say. You it's know not what? politically Ooh, correct. We can be nicer. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Here's the A little deal. Bit. We are in the comedy section first. Yeah. It's true. We, we, we are. My pump is in comedy. No, it's true. Hey, nobody here. True. Nobody here. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. We to have be a, no malintentions. I'm not trying to be a role model. Okay. I'm not trying to say I'm an expert. I just. I happen to be a guy who's been in fitness for 15 years. I've seen a bit. I'm sharing my story. I'm not here to try and fucking impress anybody, and I'm not going to start changing the way I talk, whether you like it or not. I just sorry. That's not. And I and I think something like that. I don't think uh, it was uh, intended to. Like I mean, how was it even said? We didn't even say it like that. Oh, we, we said that Justin, no. Justin, the girl that dated Justin, because she was a senior. <laughs> he was a friendship. Yeah. We said it because she was retarded. Yeah. And that offended, people. which could have been it completely accurate. Totally a joke. That could have been accurate. I wasn't honest. No, no, no. no. You a, wouldn't even think that. No, it was an no, honest no. question. It was totally just a joke. Yeah. It was an honest question yeah, because yeah. she might have been, and no, Justin's, you know, it wasn't. He's yeah. into not that. at all. It's no, just, no, if you can't, if we people can't, purely take a for joke, comedic value, you guys are going weird with this. No, no. <laughs> all you gotta say it was a joke. All right, like, listen, calm down. Justin's listen. obviously getting nervous because the email was sent to him. I see. It yeah, was. You guys have no contact <laughs> me up. section on your he's fucking like, IG. I do. <laughs> he's like, dude, I may have to change a, that, dude. Justin, he came in here. He wanted to apologize, and Sal and I are like, sure, yeah. You guys give the apology. You're the one that sent it. She, and she apparently she. I thought it was. For a long time. I thought it was fucking funny as shit. Yeah, it, was it was funny. Was I, I loved that part. That's the problem with me. Though. Come on, I'm, I mean, you know, uh, really though, twisted. Like, I, you know, sorry. I'm sorry if there's if people get offended, but I mean, Jesus, we got 400. If we I'm, have any listeners? I, you that know are what? Retarded, I just use the Lord's name of Fancy. I'm sure somebody <laughs> gets offended by yeah, that you too. Offended me for everybody that. gets Big offended. Time. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Everybody gets offended by everything. And I'm offended that you're offended. I'm offended too. Hey, speaking these nuts. Speaking of offended, did you guys? Did you guys check? out that that instagram page that i'm gonna give him a shout out because this dude's fucking impressive who 
Uh, his the name of the Instagram page is Mikey Swoosh One, and uh, in his in his bio it says Dwarf CrossFit Athlete. I guess dwarf is the politically correct term to use now. Yeah, little, sh- little person, or, little person, yeah. whatever. I, I don't think that's I don't right. I don't think say. you can say yeah, that anymore. I know. By the way, who decides that, what, that changes? Who decides what's right to know. say? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I know midget now is uh, politically it's incorrect. Not, that's not what you say. But when I was a kid, when we were growing up, that that was the politically correct term. Yeah. But anyway, the dude's fucking badass, dude. Yeah, I couldn't he's imagine a champion. I he's couldn't four- imagine a life going around my whole life worried about being PC. What's a label? Yeah, I yeah. could. I but, couldn't. I couldn't imagine being that person that was so concerned about that all the time. But dude, check how this- unproductive you are with your life yeah, if that's all you go around worried about. Who cares? But dude, this guy is. There's a video of him squatting because he's four foot five. It has his stats right here on his Instagram. Yeah, four foot five. Dude's he's, a stud. He's squatting 400. 405. No, 455 for a single. Oh, 455. 455 for a ski, single. Champion. I mean, uh, that's, that's heavy, man. Impressive. Yeah. I'm watching it right now, and it's hard to judge if that's a full squat because. He's twice the man you are. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, literally, that was a bad joke. <laughs> he's fucking <laughs> powerful, dude. Yeah. No joke. He's doing a hang clean here with 160 pounds. Well, wow. Range of motion is probably. What? It's small, but I mean, all things being equal, the dude's a fucking beast. Because if he uh, listen, I'm just doing math. Think about it this way: if he's four five and he weighs 130 pounds and he's squatting four forty five, let's see how mm. much would I have to squat to equal that? Mm. Let's do the math. I did it already. What is it? That's why I told you. What is? He's it? twice the man you are. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, it was. That was. There was math involved. Double, in that. Doubled you. Really? Yeah. yeah. Legitimately. Is it really that? That went over Let your head, see. huh? It did. It's all right. Let's see. If I if I was as strong as he was, Sometimes. I would have to squat 616 pounds. Yep. Holy mm. shit. Yeah. That's not, dude, Nike. I thought we were going to change our tune. It's supposed to be positive today. That is positive. Yeah. Why? I was just giving the dude props. Do you know what, what, what 94.9 does? They, oh, they put they, your they, foot down, dude. What? Oh, no, does it? Put your, really? put yeah. your fucking stinky ass foot up next Stop to me. Stop it. He's like, this with the foot and this with the crotch. Stop. Yeah. Stop. He just Stop. puts Stop. it up on the couch right next Stop. to me. Stop your wafting you. I'm like, what the fuck? Damn. Yeah, you know what? What? Right now, we are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Doug. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> I love it when Doug, yeah. when Doug laughs. Yeah, it's you know the mean? best. Well, it's we, like, it's, you know, you like, dad laugh. Yeah, we, we did it. Dad's laughing. Yeah. Uh, dad likes smelly feet jokes. He yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. We're, we're coming up. We're coming up on uh, ho- lots of holidays. What are we coming on? Holiday. <laughs> oh. we, ju- we just. Merry Christmas. You better, you better figure that out. We, we just made it through. Uh, di- a label for whatever it is. Yeah, we just made it through diabetes 31st. Like, we just made it through that day. <laughs> and now we're on to. <laughs> is that offend people, though? With diabetes? If we, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Of I'm course, sure, it I'm does. sure it Somebody does. Did. I think you're saying it wrong because the way I've heard it said, it's, it's diabetes. diabetes. <laughs> you know that commercials with that uh, dude? Diabetes. Diabetes. So, we're, what are we talking about? Holidays? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Then we got Thanksgiving after that. Then we got Christmas. All excuses for us to eat lots of food. Mm. Lots of food. And I think the, the average American puts on eight to 12 pounds in the next. Can I ask you guys a question about that statistic? Yeah. Eight to 12 pounds? Yeah. I have a feeling. That that's a bullshit statistic. I have a feeling that we were told that so yeah. many times in the fitness industry and used it to sell shit, yeah. and we've repeated it so many times. Promote the machine. I don't know. Is it true? Oh, you do you really think so? I don't know. It might not be do real. You think do you people really? engorge themselves with that much? Food? I'm looking it up over right now. over I mean, a course of two months. Talk that's amongst yourselves. The, yourself. the I'm accumulation of that yeah, entire no, month. No, that's stat. People's like people's idea that like one meal is gonna like. Gain like ten pounds. And no, no, no. It's over the is, it's is over the course of the holidays. So it's yeah. this. It's the next sixty days. Over the next sixty days, the average person puts on I think eight eight to ten or eight to twelve pounds. Mm. I can see that with all the sugar how could treats you not, and stuff. How could you not mm. say that's that's uh, probably true? Even if it's even if you, we have nothing right now. Let, it, no. let now you see. make me want to find it. I'm yeah. looking. I at, feel like what, now you, you know you sound like one of my listener, one of our listeners who. Wants to hear the study. I'm like, trying to look at the studies right where now. Where is that study? Oh, you know what? That's right. Because oh. the last 15 years, I've made sure to re- keep them all in a fucking binder so I can refer back oh, to yeah. them yeah. Yeah, that's right. when there I regurgitate information. Uh, let me see. Wouldn't that be nice let's if see. I was that organized? Uh, <laughs> well, okay. So <laughs> that would be great. Americans gained over the Christmas season 1.3 pounds on average. That's Way cr- less than the 8 to 12. One that's point Christmas. Three. Dude. What's Christmas? That's what? The, over the week or the weekend or the day of? Wow. I'm talking about over the next over the next. Well, this days. one says two pounds. This study over the whole holiday holiday season. You know why I thought it was a, a bullshit statistic? I'll tell you why. 
anything that we were told over I, and yeah, over again yeah, yeah. to sell shit because yeah, they would teach yeah. us listeners i'm just i'm telling you okay i'm just I'm, I'm i'm informing you when we were in the fitness industry where we worked for big fitness chain running their gyms there were certain taglines and things we were consistently told over and over again purely driven by sales and there were you and we would use them as ways to sell programs not we weren't necessarily told to say these things are you saying that i'm trying to sell people shit right now no 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 no, no. no. Oh. uh you can find all of our maps programs at nutrition. i'm just trying uh, to be tell people look out dude don't get fat in the next 30 yeah. 60 days people look, do you know, gain weight but eight to 12 god damn yeah, no. i don't think it's that much to even say that That's i mean not, does this halloween count in that holiday scenario of the 60- fourth of july I might as well throw it all in i know there. right <laughs> let's put them all in there and then maybe well that's what I, I think if you go from halloween through thanksgiving through christmas i think a lot of people especially when yeah. you think of the cycle right the cycle normally is what come uh, spring break you're getting ready for summer so you lose your although 10 to 15 yeah. pounds and then towards the end of the year, do you, you what do you do? You could put the sweaters on so you justify being fluffier. Well, like, more so, I was going to say in like the Midwest, and I lived in the Midwest, and I saw, less. dude, it, it was insane how much weight people would pack on before the winter. Yeah, dude, you I'm saw people, just, and I'm then they so- would they would just crash everything once spring came around. It was like this crash, like mad hustle to get uh, slimmed down before they could, you know, step on the beach. It I don't was like this hustle. Even if I didn't have a study to argue with you here, I'd be anecdotal. Man, go through your clients. Are you kidding me? Like most everybody, yeah. why do why do you think in January? The business quadruples because everybody packed on all the weight, holiday weight, and then you're taking it off. Well, I, they, we know yeah, that we know that America does not. But I feel like more active like states like California and like more towards Colorado. The West. Yeah, Colorado, like Hawaii. Th- that's not the case. So it's like if they do the you know some what, average of, of of the U.S., it's probably way less. Like you know Sal what? Though? Said, like I want to say something though. One to two if pounds. you go through California, there are when we think of California, we think of the coast like L.A., San Diego, that area. And then NorCal, like Bay Area, but if you go through like California, yeah, like man, it's like it's like in the Midwest in terms of like diet and stuff like that. Oh, like there's a lot smoking of, like crazy, and a lot of like, NASCAR washing, all watching, all that stuff is going on over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I don't, I don't know if that statistic. Hell yeah, I don't know if that statistic's true, man. There's a lot of shit that we were told that now I'm starting to question everything. Like, no, I don't even want to go. Forget what we were told. <laughs> forget what we were told in that situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, such a skeptic. It's crazy. I know you're too much. Of I a, don't believe myself. Yeah. No, you don't. Just, what did I, just, I say on the I last? Can't trust anything. What did I say in the last yeah. episode? I, I literally. I don't know. You it's guys bullshit. don't. You don't think that your client. You don't think a majority of your clients struggled in these next three months, and oh, you don't think does. it wasn't at a. You don't think a eight. You don't think eight pounds. You think eight pounds is so. Huge? I have an idea. What? Let's. Why don't we all? <laughs> you want to do a survey? Get no. Why, why don't the three of us weigh ourselves today? And then weigh ourselves no, no. January first and would not, see if any of us gain weight. That would not gonna, prove. That would yeah. prove anything. I don't care about that. I'm we not have talking to take about that. Random people. For no, that no, no. To work. I understand. That. I'm not trying to conduct a study. You numbnuts. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the purpose? That's so. Then? That's so weird for us I to, want, to think that. I want right? to see if any of us. I want to see if any of us gain weight yeah, over the holiday us. season. Yeah. I want to see who, if any of us gain weight over the holiday season. One of us. That doesn't Anyways. require anything other than us weighing again in January and telling you. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? That's, that's, yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's a dumb idea. Let's Random people. That's Let's a, do that it. Was, or that was your lesson. Yeah. You, you just want us to eat more. You know what's funny? If I say something not brilliant, Adam gets really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. You're really disappointed. Adam's always like, God damn it, Sal. You're you. always so brilliant. Yeah. I require you. you said something not dare you. I require you to impress me at all times. If you don't impress me, I'll be the first. You know why, though? Because I have to get... <laughs> know that listeners are thinking the same way they're like that wasn't sal's idea wasn't great right there <laughs> so i just yeah. want to make sure i point I don't it know. out maybe it'd be interesting to see who no that's weight. a silly one i do like the idea though of taking 30 random people and then asking them where where did you weigh in november and then what did you weigh in january and then see what they put on and i yeah. bet you I bet you eight pounds would be very close like to what uninformed majority. people about nutrition. Because we know, of course, right, the, the size of okay, uh, tracking a woman who's 105 pounds, the likelihood of her putting on eight is less likely than the guy who's 250 going into it. So, mm-hmm. of course, those numbers are greatly skewed. But I would think for as a as a majority, most people that go through the holidays 
put on significant amount of weight. And by significant, I mean more than one to two pounds, which were the bullshit studies you pulled up. I don't know. I <laughs> used to uh, I used to coincide my bulking season with the holiday season. Another another reason why I think that argument is is true. Well, I don't know how, how much many of the people is that? how you a lot. Well, you said bulking because you like you aggressively went after, it, but how many people justify putting on weight in the winter time? Yeah. Because it's wintertime. It's and cold. Yeah. And you have long sleeves. And you want to be warm, dude. Yeah. yeah, man. Pumpkin spice latte. I don't know. I'm just trying to help people out to make get, Grow give them a heads a beard up. for your fat cheeks. What man. is your... Uh, who's growing a beard in here, by the way, with fat uh, cheeks? Justin, are you doing that? I am not I'm not right now. I'm not talking about your cheeks or anything. Yeah. Adam got that category. Oh. What are your favorite holiday Three foods? Three times you attacked me. Today. I know. What are your <laughs> He's favorite... throwing it right back at you. I know? love you, bro. Yeah. What are your favorite foods, fat cheeks? What do we eat... Uh, <laughs> What do you guys like to eat during the holidays? What do you season? hide in those n- <laughs> those nut caps? I'm talking about your butt cheeks, yeah, by I mean, the way. Well, I have what a. What are you storing for PHAT fat? Yeah. My family does. My mom does a traditional turkey ham setup. My best friend's mom. We who call I, it Tam. I see her. <laughs> Does a uh, <laughs> does a prime rib? So prime rib is on. You don't oh, do, that's the money right there. You don't yeah. do the uh, what do they call? They wrap them the tamales. What do they call? Them? Oh yeah, you guys don't do Tamale. that. Well, some of my friends do that. Dude, and they give it to us. What? Now you're being racist. Uh, you said <laughs> last it. episode you pick on oh retards. Now you're going to no, pick, no, no, oh pick on Mexicans. Like, what do you do, spaghetti? Great. Huh? Yeah, right. Is that what you do. We yeah. do. Yeah. God that's damn a, it. That's a totally. By the way. That is a completely <laughs> logical question to ask me. If I'm going to make, <laughs> there's nothing gonna, racist about that. If I'm going to have tamales for Thanksgiving, no, for fucking Christmas. Don't, or for, oh. yeah. Mexicans eat tamales on Christmas. It's true. Okay. He's not far fetched with that. Do you well, eat tamales I'll on Christmas? I'll get you back well, on that. Just so you know, I'm I'm a quarter Mexican. I'm a, mo- <laughs> I'm mostly I'm mostly German and English, and I got so. some other stuff in me. So, so. You, eat, you eat tamale hot dogs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what about <laughs> you? Tamale hot dogs. What about you, Justice? Do you have a food? We do like turkey. I mean, because yeah, there's no. No specific like particular special <laughs> food that you, you eat. are the weird you are the one with the family with the food and the crazy I mean we're, so I'm, I'm sure switching into prime tradition. rib for Christmas which I, I'm excited about yeah, are right. you making it mm-hmm yeah you're making the I'm prime not, rib yeah I'll tell you why not me and my wife yeah I don't make shit I'm horrible uh because my <laughs> I don't belong in the kitchen yeah no it's not that but uh I'm just lazy um <laughs> no like my my parents have been stuck on this like thought process of like making pre-making things ahead of time to where we'd be like reheat it and i'm just like so sick of it dude like like, they'll make it the day before i want to make it that day and make it fresh and awesome and like exciting and like good again you know so we kind of just ninja'd our way through and we're like hey you know we're gonna help out this year we're gonna you know bring in some some of the entrees for Mm -hmm. you and all that take care of it and i'm excited Dude, we make, uh, and I don't know if this is a Sicilian thing, but our family does this every Christmas, typically every Christmas. We make pasta al forno. Let me explain what that is, right? Wow, there's a lot of accent in that. They just turned everybody yeah. on right now. Yeah, I thought it's, uh, it's so, you know the little spaghetti-o pastas, the little pastas that look like- oh, Uh-oh, what? spaghetti-o? No. <laughs> Ship wordy. No. Uh-oh, spaghetti-o. Awesome. I, know, I know about that. <laughs> Adam kills my ears when he sings. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the- it's the small little spaghettios, right? They use those pastas, and there's a meat sauce. Yeah. There's cheese. There's peas oh. in there. There's artichoke hearts. There's, oh yeah. Uh, I think they put some, maybe some ricotta in there, mm. and it's in. You put it in a big glass, like you know, bakeware thing or whatever, and then you cover it with mozzarella, and you bake it. You mm. bake it, and you take it out, and you cut it into squares. It's all of my food intolerances all wrapped into one. <laughs> Sounds delicious. It's so good, and I ref- and I will eat it, and I will have uh, problems the next day. But yeah. I always eat it's, it because it's worth it. Because that day. I have to eat it because yeah. otherwise I'll get. Oh, you know what? Yeah. What? Uh, what, did, what do we call? I was trying to think of like there's a specific food, and this is like more of like a pastry thing that we have in the morning for breakfast for Christmas. It, uh, it's like a hazelnut kind of a crusted uh, bread. Mm. And it's like, God, I forget what what we call it. Uh, but anyway, it's like a Danish, uh, Irish kind of blend um, dip, heritage. There. Dip it in your whiskey. What, what's yeah, a what's exactly. a what's a strategy you guys use during this time? Because I mean, it can be especially if you have big families and a lot of this stuff going on. Like, you guys have like a strategy to not allow yourself to put on that uh, eight to twelve pounds. My strategy before was fast um, all day long, and then go into the meal. And then fill up on eat, eat the vegetables and the and, meat. and, and the meats first, right? And I think I'm probably going to do that again. But the funny thing is, my state of mind is so different now. I don't know if it's really going to be an issue anymore. Yeah, I think it's more activity. Like I want to make sure I'm not just sitting down and being like, like 
That's the problem out. is after dinner, this is my tradition. I have my own tradition. After I eat the, my food, I take a nap on the couch with my mouth open and I and everybody takes pictures. <laughs> Me and my brother and my dad will we all drop things in. We all sit in a lot we all like sit on the couch together and then every year someone takes a picture of us all you know. <laughs> My like cousin Larry teabags you. Yeah, you know we salty. Uh, I had I just had my family in town. My uncle was in town and uh, spent the night, hung out, watched our seminar and everything. And we went out to eat. Well, he was at my house in the morning. Uh, Katrina made breakfast. Had a pretty typical uh, Saturday morning or Sunday morning breakfast for me is uh, anywhere from four to six eggs, one ounce of organic cheese, some spinach, bell peppers, mushrooms, all in there, um, and then eight to ten pieces of bacon. And he saw me eat that, and then I, had, I washed it down with my coffee. And then I didn't eat all day. I had a couple. I had another uh, iced coffee throughout the day. We did our seminar. After our seminar, we all went to sushi afterwards. And I had just like this sushi confidential, of course. Shout out. Yeah. So went there and ordered uh, a chicken breast or a chicken teriyaki. What the hell? That's not sushi. Yeah, no, but I ordered okay. that first, and then I have I uh, order. <laughs> two orders of salmon sashimi. And then I enjoy uh, two or three different of my favorite rolls, and I, was, and I had some edamame, so I like crushed this mass, probably a two thousand plus calorie uh, dinner, and he was like, Jesus, like you eat, you eat so much, I can't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think you eat like this. And I was like, Well, you got to remember too, you you've been with me all day, so what did you see me eat? And I said, You know, my caloric intake is between thirty five hundred to four thousand calories a day, and you know, think about what I had for breakfast, and that was about you know. 1200 1100 calories and it was super high in in healthy fats and protein and hardly any carbohydrates whatsoever and then all day long i went and then you saw me just eat this and this is probably about a 2000 calorie meal and notice i ate my chicken my sashimi all first and then i let myself uh finish off with the rolls right and enjoy it a little bit so when you kind of weigh it all out and figure mm-hmm. out, look at it like that as a, a total whole, I ate, in fact, I said I probably will wake up lighter. I probably lost weight. I was a little bit under today yeah. on what I should eat. But what a misconception that some people can have if they just see you eating one meal or they see that one yeah. and they think like, oh my God, <laughs> he's gorging or oh my God, like that's, you eat like this all the time. Like, I don't think people, when they see you think you're gorging, I think they think you're gorgeous. Listen, <laughs> you said something. You said something early, earlier. Uh, you said salmon Sashimi or sashimi? Sashimi. Is it sashimi or sashimi? It's with an S. Sashimi. Yeah, I just want to make sure I corrected that. Mm. So anyway. Sa or sha? Sa. Sa. Sashimi and uh, Doug used to live in Japan and Doug corrected (laughs) me one time. I said the same thing. (laughs) Uh, But you know what's funny? Doug is the authority. He is because he speaks Japanese. You guys don't know this. I um uh here's what's interesting. I've had people that I hang out with who are you know obese or whatever, family members, friends. And you'll watch them eat, and then if you judge them off that one meal, you'll think that they eat healthy because they'll eat the small salad or whatever. Uh, so opposite they eat like that, opposite in, in of public what you or when people are around. Yes, and then they're like, yeah, it's, it's, whatever. It's hard to judge by looking at one meal. No, it big is. time. You know what I mean? It big is. time. Yeah. So I, th- but I uh, that reminded me because of Justin's tip that he just gave about, and I, th- I highly recommend that, especially during these holidays, is you know fill up on the turkey, fill up, get two or three servings of the vegetables. And then, and I'm not telling people to. I mean, Thanksgiving, I'm going to eat. I'm gonna, and I'm going to enjoy it. My mom's stuffing and mashed potatoes oh. and gravy are to die for. So you better believe my ass will have some of that. Mm-hmm. But I'll be mindful, and I'll and I'll make a. I'll, I will make the effort mm-hmm. to fill up first on the turkey. Fill up first on a big, large serving of vegetables. One or two servings. You do the dark meat, yeah. Huh? Dark meat or white meat? Both. I like. Really? I yeah. want both. Oh, white meat's boring. It's oh, not no. that good. Together. Mm-hmm. I don't a, know. Yeah, a little bit of the Depends gravy on how the top. Dry of it. the bird Co- is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, my mom makes. Phenomenal. You like, you like moist. The bird. M- yeah. Moist bird. That's yeah. a word that everybody hates nowadays, by the way. Moist. 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 This sounds weird. Speaking of birds. It makes me yeah. moist. <gasps> oh my God, it's moist. There she is. Today's Quaw is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking Quaw. The eagle has landed. Our first question is from Fairyland. Fairyland. That's where Justin comes from. Yeah. 
Seth, I'm no. from the neighborhood of Fantastical Land. Oh, no. Not Fairyland. Oh, no. No. It's right next door. It's right next door. Right, We're that's friends. A, that's enough. That's... All right. Fairyland's question is, is the term functional being overused? I think the weed ball's kicking in. Yes. Next question. <laughs> yeah, fun- oh, I love this. Functional, I, who picked this? I love this. Functional was overused Big time. Not that long ago. It's it's starting to phase down a little bit, luckily. Yeah. I, thankfully. Know, but when I, we first started Mind Pump, it was like we were towards the end of the freaking throes of this bullshit. You know what I think that we're, what yeah. he, is this a she or he, Doug? It's a guy. It's a guy? Yeah. That's a great name for a guy. I know. It's bold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, like no, it. I don't think, I don't, I anyway. Like, I like you, dude. Yeah, I like it. Uh, functional, I don't think is being overused as much as I think uh, mobility is, which you hear us talk about. Now it's starting to get, well, yeah. Well, that's right. the new buzz term. But well, yeah, functional <laughs> was the buzz term for Right. So, and, and I think if you've been a listener for a while, you know this, but maybe we haven't. So I'm glad you brought this up because we haven't talked about this in a while. And I know we've been using the term mobility a lot, and I, and I talk a lot about it myself because I've been going through a lot of mobility work um, in a huge fan, huge, 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 huge. But just like everything else that we talk about on this show, what happens is that we always get these camps, man. They take it and they run they, with they, it. They, they take something great like mobility fu- mm-hmm. and functional training, both fucking awesome. Yeah. And then they run with it and they create camps and they then they put themselves in this box and they then they start to neglect other modalities that are just as important. And in fact, you could argue are more important. Yeah, but so, what it, what modality is functional? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the definition of functional literally means well, is, yeah, is right. what in the what you do in the gym does it improve your life? Does it transfer does it translate to, well to everyday activity? Does it translate well to what you want it to translate to? Yeah, yeah. So if I'm a if I'm trying to get better at, at riding my bike then uh, and if I exercise in the gym and it improves my bike riding, then I have become more functional. If I'm not in any particular sport, then it should just translate to my everyday life. Here's rule number one: the most functional po- thing that you could train for, the one thing that will uh, contribute to all realms of performance, the most is strength. Strength is the foundation for all physical pursuits. Period. End of story. Without strength. Endurance is worthless. Without strength, stamina is worthless. Without strength, mobility is on, is instability. Without strength, flexibility is instability. You have to have strength to be able to uh, improve or contribute to all those other uh, avenues well, of it's the physical precursor to function. It is, and so if you get stronger in the gym, you are going to become more functional. And if you get yeah. stronger at the Big gross motor movements, which translate to most other movements, you're going to get yeah. the most functionality. So barbell squats and deadlifts and overhead presses and pull-ups and rows and push-ups and those types of movements, for most of you, uh, is what's going to give you the most bang for your buck. But you know, you get it gets confusing when you see all these guys like doing all this well, think, one-legged shit, balancing yeah. on the ball and all that. Other I think weird it, stuff. it easily got away from what. Again, I think the intention of like the functional training and the functional training movement is to create, you know, a, more of a, a program that explicitly is is trying to work with the body and trying to trying to understand the biomechanics and and the actual uh, kinetic movement and the kinetic chain and 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 uh, what it takes to improve and and uh, solidify like better movement patterns and all these different things, which is great. Uh, but yeah, then, then all of a sudden it became more like less strength exercises and more of these real skill specific type movements that, you know, they overemphasize rotation. Now they overemphasize a lot of these components that, uh, you don't see in like a bodybuilder or like a power lifting mm-hmm. or like a, a, you know, whatever you, you insert, you know, the modality, uh, to where <clears throat> they, they just glorify the fact that like, I'm, I'm, I'm so mobile, that I can I can, you know, walk in this really weird like animalistic type of pattern <laughs> yeah. that you know it's so specialized because it's functional. Yeah. Well, I think I think the intention of functional training when it when it first like came came on the scene, right? I think the intention was right. I think the intention was very good. I think that uh, we needed to get away from the old just bodybuilder mentality. Yes. We needed yeah. to get away from uh, just sports Single training. Single joint training. And, and it really was, for trainers, I feel like one of the best things that ever happened for, for training clients was this evolution of, 
you know, we're not just always focused about how somebody looks or how, how much weight they need to lose or they need to gain. Um, I, I care about what the performance throughout the day, like a normal activity. Like we, we started to put together like, holy shit, like most of your clients aren't trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Most of your clients aren't trying to be like, uh, you know, Odell Beckham. Like oh, most of my clients aren't trying to be these super athletes. They just want to feel better. They want to but remember, be remember, healthy. But remember what it turned into? Remember yeah, what the well, functional- so that's where I'm going with this is that I think the intention was was awesome and it was in the right direction, just like I feel like, and I, and I went, and I brought up mobility because I have a feeling that this person may be getting functional confused with mobility because I really don't think functional. I feel like that's dying. I think very few people well, are- that term. Yeah, that term is dying. Mm. I don't feel like many people are like, do you functionally train? or do you? Tra-? I think more people are like, do you train for mobility? And, and mobility has kind of now become the, the, the term that, that functional people used to use. Yeah, Wouldn't you say that? Because CrossFitters consider their training functional training. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like you said, I think it is a dying term as far as that goes. Yeah. And mobility is definitely the the progression of like a camp, like yeah. where people are getting into this is like, you know, screw lifting super heavy weights and putting heavy weight on your back. Like you just need to slither around on the ground. You know? Well, I'll, yeah, tell well- you, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you were to examine our uh, MAPS programs, okay, if you were to just take each one and isolate them and you were to judge which one was the most functional, MAPS performance would definitely be the most functional. However, if you got stuck in MAPS performance training and you did not move into the anabolic, you know, MAPS anabolic training or the MAPS, you know, uh, aesthetic type training, you would lose out on a lot of functional uh, abilities as well because those contribute heavily to functional movement uh, as we understand it. So that's 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 kind of I think that's the take home message. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. Look, if you're lifting weights in the gym and you do your big gross motor movements, your deadlift, squats, overhead presses, all that stuff, and you've got decent programming, and you want to make your workout more functional, here's an easy tip: do all your exercises standing. Don't do any of them seated. There you go. For the most part, uh, a standing barbell curl, a standing shoulder press, a standing whatever is going to give you more carryover. You still have to stabilize and, he, and engage your legs. Exactly. It's going to give you more carryover yeah. to the real world. You want to be more fu- incorporated Turkish get-up. I think it's the most functional move you could ever possibly do. Probably, that one? Yeah. I think it trumps everything. I think if you take something that becomes, when you talk about functional and working well, it's the a transverse. step progression. Yeah, yeah, all planes, everything from upper to lower body has strength involved in it and requires you to i mean that hip ankle mobility shoulder mobility all that's incorporated i mean you want to be super functional and you want to I mean, yeah, add e- that to your routine even a yeah but see here's the thing even a turkish getup is limited by your your by the weak link in that particular lift uh which happens to be your arm so however much weight your arm can support that's the max amount of weight that you're going to use in your lumbopelvic hip area, which can definitely handle a lot more weight. Oh, so you're yeah. going to lose out on the strength gains of, let's say, a barbell squat, where a barbell squat, the limiting factor is no longer your shoulder, which uh, is, a, is, a, is a much, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a fast ceiling with your shoulder versus- Are you trying to debate me right now, though, which one's more functional? No, not, not oh. necessarily debating. What I'm okay. saying is- if you if you get stuck in that mentality where you say this is the this is the be all end all with the with the, okay this is the most functional thing well you've just it's defined that as functional right? yeah, as yeah. A, like a barbell squat is functional very functional yeah. yeah so there's yeah that's not even really a a good format for a debate it's just that you know like Adam's talking more about like multiplanar yeah you know movement and and kinetic chain involvement as yes. far as like proprioception and awareness and, and, and corrections and, you and know, little and, well, micro gee, and details. The pur- and the purpose of why functional training began was that, right? Functional yeah. training was yeah. was to to move in all different planes, to get the body to work synergistically together, and for you to, uh, proprioception, to understand all that. And I think as far as uh, a, a single move that does that better than anything, I think that is the definition of what functional should be. You know, you know what this reminds me of? Do you remember uh, back in the day... NASM became like the official training of I forget it was NBA. Like NBA. Yeah, they still and then are. They, mm-hmm. And then they did this study and they showed that they reduced all these injuries. Mm-hmm. And then they said it's because of all this quote unquote functional training, all this balance training, all this one legged stuff, all this uneven type training where you're standing on Bosu balls or whatever, right? Yeah. You know what my theory is on all that? I think it wasn't so much that that prevented the injury. 
I think those limiting factors prevented train uh, the the athletes from overtraining with their intensity like they were yeah, doing before. You can't and do that, a lot of load on those lifts. Right. Yeah. And I think that may be why they didn't injure themselves like they did before. Well, that's, that's a good a, point. That's a very good point. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. think it was so much because they were standing on balance things and doing all that stuff. I think it was because those don't let you lose. Well, in a really sense, they're learning intensity. different skills more than anything. They're just learning how to move their body in a, right. a directional pattern and stabilize forces. And that's great for an adaptation, but yeah, they're they're not applying any new real like strength applications, uh, you know, more so than what you're going to get from these barbell lifts. Exactly. So, so FYI, Fairyland is in fact a woman. Okay. Oh, all oh, right. Yeah. Shit. Next right. question is from Eduardo One Ten. Why do I feel like crap when I try to bulk? Oh, he's definitely eating too much food. Mm. This is a this is and he the full question was even though I'm eating clean. So we're going to assume clean means eating healthy because I hate that term when people yeah. say, I'm eating clean, and I look at their diet, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about because your macros fit? Uh, he's eating too much food. He's force-feeding himself, um, and that is why he's feeling horrible, and he's not listening to a very important signal in his body. You cannot force-feed yourself to gain more muscle. What will end up happening is you'll gain more body fat. If yeah. you send the right signal, if your body wants to build muscle – uh, you're, you will get the appetite signal. That appetite signal will be relatively strong, and it shouldn't be an issue eating Would, enough. Wouldn't you think that you should really look into their training protocols yeah. and like what they're doing? to, to Because if you're going to tweak and alter something in your training program, a lot of times that stimulates uh, an appetite and, and a demand for an excess Very of calories. Good point. Big time. Very good point. And you also want to consider it doesn't take that many. I mean, what's the most amount of muscle – you know, a guy, even in good health, young dude can gain in a month lean body mass in a month, natural, right? Yeah, three pounds maybe lean body mass. I mean, that's that's, that's pretty awesome, awesome. and that's yeah. a lot of fucking yeah. muscle to gain yeah, in, like in a, a month, a right? Pound a pound yeah. and a half maybe. Okay, but let's let's find let's say two pounds, two pounds of lean solid muscle over an entire month. Do the math over each day. How many extra calories does he need to consume? It's probably like fifty, maybe less. So when people like force feed themselves to bulk. And they see that the scale is moving up, you know, and they're like, wow, I've gained, you know, I gained 10 pounds during my bulk or whatever. A good chunk of it, if not most of it, is water and fat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you're feeling horrible when you're bulking, it's because you're just eating too much. Right. Yeah. I mean, more than likely it's that for sure. You know what, though? What are, think of some clients that have been in this situation too and some tips or if yourself, like I know Mm. I went through this uh, early on when I was trying to bulk as a kid. and, And the first mistake that I used to make, um, I was just over consuming the protein. Like I felt like mm-hmm. I, need, I need to get protein was the king of all of macronutrients. So maybe a macro adjustment. Yeah, yeah. Could, so that's why too I wanted to talk a little bit about that because it could. I, yeah. Justin, I want to reiterate what Justin said because I think I would go there first. So if you're a client of mine, I would first go to your program design. I would uh, hopefully you're following maps, and so you're then you're probably good because we're constantly changing the stimulus and adaptation process. So if you're following maps, you're solid because that's the the idea is it's it's going to set you up that way. But if you're not, you need to definitely uh, take a look at what your programming and what you've been doing and how similar is the adaptation signal that you've been sending uh, workout-wise to your body. So that would be one. And then the next thing I would do is assess your macronutrients. And your your macronutrient profile could be different for each person. So I, I, I say that, okay, for me, I was eating too much protein. And when I finally – and I was eating a very lean meat all the time. I was trying to keep low fat, high protein, high carb – and that was really tough for me to eat that way. As soon as I started introducing more fats into my diet and I wasn't so concerned about getting this, you know, 300 grams of protein in and I could allow myself to consume two, 300 grams of fat, it was actually a lot easier to get my caloric intake up than it was before. That's so, a good point because you also need to look at um, are you eating foods that could be causing things like bloating and, dis- and, di- yes. and digestion mm-hmm. issues? A lot of times when people try to bulk or guys try to bulk, they'll eat lots of foods that they think are going to make them gain muscle. Uh, like I know I, I knew this kid, you know, I claimed training for a while and he would eat like a dozen eggs in the morning and then he'd be farting and having all these digestive issues during the day. That's going to make you less uh, hungry. That's going to yeah. definitely kill your appetite. So eliminate foods that, uh, can, that, that you may be having some of these issues with because if you're eating foods that you're intolerant to, even mild intolerances, that's going to bloat you, and it's going to cause uh, it's going to cause you to not be you know not have a poor appetite. I remember myself when I would try to bulk, and I would eat. And this is before I knew that I had some uh, you know medium moderate and intoler- intolerant to gluten. 
I would eat, you know, lots of carbohydrates from things like pasta and stuff. Then I get so bloated. Yeah. And I and I would think I was full and like fuck, I can't eat anymore. When I eliminated that and I just started eating white rice, which is a gluten-free carbohydrate, it's like, my God, I could eat so much more. Like my my gut wasn't so bloated and it was easier for me to get more calories in. So mm. uh, that's a very good point, Adam. I, I think identify those macros and maybe some possible food intolerances that may be causing your appetite to to lower. Yeah, there's a lot of little things that we can we can go and we can play around with, but the, that's why I don't like to give certain or this is this is for sure your issue or this is because there could be a lot of little things that could could need tweaking and mm. this is also too why you know, I'm huge on telling people like this is what the forum is all about because right. people get on the forum right here and they share their experiences and it's not I mean the even the three of us we have tons of experience tons of stories we can talk about mm-hmm. but there might be somebody who's actually like experienced almost the exact same thing similar body type as you and they're on our forum and they're like oh my god this was my issue this is some of the things that helped me and hopefully you can get Well a- and how high is the surplus you know what I mean Yeah like, exactly there's how, so how far did it go is it like so, minimal or, right yeah, is so. it 500,000 calories yeah. every single day it's crazy or is it you know what, what I don't think they know I think a lot of times they go into it and they're just like I need to eat more food yes yeah, so they and- just eat more yeah, and they end up eating like twelve, fifteen hundred calories more. Well, imagine too if you're if they're uh, if you're because we used to do this too, right? If I was just bulking, I was just consuming, 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 you know, and, and you you might be feeling lethargic because you're just over consuming like processed foods and stuff. And even if you say you're clean bulking, you know, if you're eating a lot of protein bars and shakes, that could be doing it also. And you know, I also uh, would change uh, the timing that I was eating certain types of foods. So, for example. If I eat like right now, when my strategy is to maintain my weight or lean, I tend to eat a very high fat breakfast with like no carbohydrates. You heard me talk earlier about how I had the uh, 10 pieces of bacon, the eggs, the cheese, all that comes in the morning time. Well, there's a there's a strategy to why I do that, because I'm not trying to bulk right now. I'm trying to lean out, if anything. So I want I want to eat something that's going to satiate me. That's not going to spike my blood sugar up and that's not going to promote hunger. Where if I'm trying to bulk, I actually would probably eat something that I want to promote hunger. So I might have like a bowl of fruit or I might have oatmeal, something that's a high fibrous, uh, fast acting carbohydrate that's going to spike my blood sugar. I'm going to get the calories from it. And then in addition to that, it's going to promote hunger and make me want to eat more versus strategically eating a meal that's very high in fat that's going to satiate me. I would save the my fats on, and when I'm bulking. I save my more of my really fatty, high calorie dense foods later in the evening after I've filled up on other foods. All right, we got Cochran 694. Intermittent fasting and keto and its impact on people suffering from adrenal fatigue. Great question. Let's start with intermittent fasting. Adrenal fatigue uh, literally is the result of too much stress on the body. Yeah, we would not suggest it's intermittent fasting. It's just too much stress no. on the body. A person like this, I wouldn't even have them train intensely. I would have them reduce cardio. Yeah. I would have them you know, get more sleep. I'd have them learn meditation, incorporate uh, you know, meditative type yoga like you know, yin yoga. Consider that fasting, the reason why fasting causes favorable adaptations in the body is because it is a stress on the body, not unlike exercise or not unlike exposure to sunlight or anything else that causes the body to change. Fasting causes the body to do multiple, you know, multiple things. It, it'll, your body will kill off older immune cells. Uh, your body, it, it will, it will be immune, you know, uh, protective of the, your, your, some of your biology, including, uh, the neurons of your brain. It will cause, uh, it'll blunt insulin, raise growth hormone levels. All these things are a result of the fact that intermittent fasting is a stress on the body. Now, if you use it properly, amazing health benefits and some of the side effects include fat loss. If your body's already stressed really bad, if you already are suffering from adrenal fatigue, if you already have hormone issues, going in there and trying to fast for prolonged periods of time will make it might make it worse. Yeah. I don't think it's going to help. Now, that being said, if your adrenal fatigue is a result of gut issues, which it can, leaky gut syndrome like leaky gut syndrome can contribute to adrenal fatigue, then fasting used properly and not for prolonged periods of time may actually be okay. Because in that case you're now trying to heal the gut and you can utilize fasting in a limited capacity. What I mean by that is the clients I've worked with with adrenal fatigue who've had it uh, as a result of uh, you know leaky gut syndrome or gut issues, I'll have them do a fast like once a week, just to help the gut. Among other things, there's a lots of other things that I do with them as well. That's not that's not the only thing. 
ketogenic diets may benefit some people with adrenal fatigue and it may stress other people with adrenal fatigue. Now, it may benefit people who normally consume lots of sugar. You know, if you eat lots of sugar and lots of processed carbohydrates, going keto is probably going to help you out. If your diet's pretty balanced and pretty healthy and you're not eating tons of carbohydrates anyway, and then you go keto, you know, ketones are simulating starvation in the body a little bit. There's a little bit of that, that, that simulation going on, which is why ketogenic diets tend to have similar benefits to fasting. In that case, I would say probably not a good idea to go keto. Probably a better idea to go just lower carb, like around 100 grams of carbs. I'm going to go ahead and say no on both of them because I'd never teach either one of these until I've had somebody who I have feel very confident in their ability to balance eat and almost to the point where they're intuitive eating before we start manipulating things like this. And that's just because when we're talking about somebody who suffers from adrenal fatigue, you're talking about somebody who's got borderline metabolic damage or possibly metabolic damage. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, the literal definition. So oh, yeah. these, the these, goal is rest and nourishing the body. Yeah. So these people have already, I already know their, their relationship with food, they have an issue. And, that, and it's not a simple one. It's not as simple as, here, follow my plan and do this and you're going to be fine. It's a, it's a process that normally takes me six months to a year with a client before I make some serious headway. And in that time, there's no way that I'm teaching them intermittent fasting or keto because I think both of those, is as awesome as they both are, and there's lots of benefits like Sal was just rattling off, I'm more care, I care more about the psychological part that I'm dealing with with this person that has adrenal fatigue. That person at their relationship with food and then taking them and saying, we're going to starve you for 12 or not starve you, take away food for you from you for 22 hours straight. Or, you know, we're going to eliminate something that you were a, a sugar that you were addicted to for the last five plus years or whatever and completely cut it out like those things like that's. That per- same person, if you take, even though Sal said there could be some good science and benefit to somebody who eats tons of sugar than going keto, well, yeah, there could. But then I'll tell you right now, most of those people have a really hard time with that shift. Their body has been running off of, of tons of sugar for so long that when you ask them to eliminate it and you want to teach the body to use ketones, that process is normally not an easy transition. In fact, most people that I've dealt with that are like this have a really hard time with making that transition and they have they normally don't understand how much fat they need to intake to replace the amount of sugar that they were consuming and that also can spiral them out of control. So Yeah, I think I think you got to definitely examine carbohydrates if you have adrenal fatigue and lower them. Going full blown uh, keto would be uh, you know, that's that's very very low carbohydrate, very very high fat. Your body's now operating off of ketones. That's a different story, but I definitely think you should visit carbohydrates. You should look at them, lower them. Definitely don't uh, eat lots of sugar. Uh, sugar is definitely a, stre- a stress on the adrenal glands. Um, you want to minimize insulin, you know, jumping up and crashing down, up and down type of thing. That tends to be a stress on the body. Fasting, definitely not, especially if it's really bad. But again, if it's gut issues, I would fast uh, every once in a while, maybe once a week and maybe like 12 to 16 hours max. Joe Ralph's 26. Other than word of mouth, what is the best thing you've done to promote your personal training biz? Mm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. When I worked in gyms as a personal trainer, uh, so he's talking about word of mouth for like clients, right? Clients talking and promoting you. That's definitely going to be the best way you your get clients. Referrals. But how do you initially get clients? Man, you just got to go out and talk to people. It's, uh, it's, and I hate to sound so simple, but it's literally the biggest payback you'll get in terms of time spent. Like you're going to get the biggest um, bang for your buck by just walking out to the gym floor and talking to people on on the floor. I would talking say about initially, about extra, yeah. Of course, talking about what they're doing with the workouts. Talk about mm-hmm. you know, hey, do you, you know, do you have pain here? Oh, let me show you a way that you can correct that, and let me sh- let me take you through this ab workout, or let me take you through this leg workout, like. Just being out on the gym floor, talking to people, using those opportunities to show people that you're competent, that you're that you'd be a fun person to work with, that you're friendly. Um, it, it it goes so far. I mean, I could easily. God, it was. And it, you know, luckily for me, I wasn't super um, shy or embarrassed to go talk to people. And I would do this with my trainers all the time. When I when trainers would work for me, you know, I tell them, "Hey, go work the floor. It's not that hard to get clients." And they'd all come back and be like, "I can't. It doesn't work." And this and that. And it's okay. In the next. Two hours. I'm gonna. I bet you I can go pull a minimum of two clients off the floor, and every single time I'd be able to do it. I'd go out, and within two hours, 
I'd pull two clients. In fact, when my my club was was underperforming on a particular day, my go-to was to work the floor. I'd go work the floor or I'd sit at the front desk and check people in and introduce myself and talk to them at that point. So if you're in a gym environment, that's like the easiest thing you could possibly do. If you're not in a gym environment, it's a little bit more yeah. difficult. Yeah. I'll let you guys that I think that that's a great like I said like a, a an introductory, you know, way to really establish, you know, a good clientele base. Like you can just walk the floor. If that's your situation where you have access to, uh, you know, a ton of members that come in and out and you could just, you know, show face and talk to people, you know, of course, uh, that's like your low hanging fruit. Uh, when you venture off onto your own and you try to do your own thing where you're an independent trainer now and, and you don't have a big corporation that's like paying for advertisement and doing all these things, you have to be very strategic with how you spend your money. And how you increase your visibility as far as, um, you know, how are people going to find you? And so, obviously, we have the internet now. And this gives people the opportunity because people will Google search. It's very, it's very much the way that people find people now. And, and this is the case. This is where I, I definitely got into that early. And I, I went into the, uh, the Google AdWord campaign space and really started to try to optimize my campaigns and uh does that I, work well now no so so like i was gonna say that like this is a time capsule this is a time capsule of like right now like this is the the venue that is is the best you know use of your time and then you know then it shifted to more of like facebook and just you know since since you already are connected to so many people they have a friend you know it's more like an exaggeration of your your referral process because mm-hmm. then your client is on facebook you know their friends see you you get more visibility and that's a really cheap like way to go to get them to 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 get you more visibility and now even now today it's it it's so much more relevant to 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 build uh, to work on uh, these social media avenues where um, you, you you know you get your message out, but um, you also use people that know you to to, to kind of validate uh, uh, who you are and your process and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I initially started with the Google AdWords and, and paid money, and that was the only source of return that I got out of all the campaigns I did on right. any other venue. Yeah. So I was. Um Super, super uh, analytical and all about tracking um, my my stats with like what I would convert into dollars. So this takes a little bit of time, take about a month or two of you tracking this. But I found this to be uh, the most beneficial thing I could I probably ever did for growing my personal training business. And that was breaking it down to the simplest form to be able to compute how much money I wanted to make in the month. So I'll give you an example. So I know that if I if I talk to 10 people and invite them to my gym or to work out with me or to get in front of me or listen to me, if I get 10 if I invite 10 of those people, 50% of those people are going to show up to that appointment. Out of those 50%, I could close 73% of those people at an average dollar rate of $600. So that right there would compute to roughly, you know, three grand in revenue. So if I knew that, that talking to 10 people can convert into three grand, if I wanted to make 10 to $15,000 a month, I knew that I had to talk to 30 to 40 people. I needed to go try out aggressively, get in front of me. And you have all these different options. You can use social media. You can get out there and, and do it like Justin said, Google-wise. You can get out there and you can go walk the floor instead of a gym. You can go walk a grocery store. It didn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. As long as I, as long it's as about the numbers, it was about the numbers. It was as long as I put ten. They could be related to you. They could be friends of yours. It could be. It doesn't matter. It could be at your school. Mm-hmm. If I put ten people, and that's where the statistics and the number comes. Because of course, some of them are going to be great leads. Some of them are going to be bad leads. Some are going to be okay leads. So you were doing that before Google Analytics. Fuck yeah. Which bro. now we have Google Analytics yeah. and all these analytics to do that for you. So it's even easier for you guys to do exactly what uh, Adam was talking about. You just have to really do the due diligence and the work and, and analyze that and like take it because once you have that then then it's not so daunting right so if i if and I, this is what i used well, it's to, not a mystery yeah it, and this is what train i feel like when i used to teach trainers this was probably one of the best tools i ever gave them and I, what i was good at you know for sure i was it's 22 years old i was leading trainers i had no business teaching trainers the science 
about fitness. But what I was good at, I was very good about business and I was good about numbers and I was able to, and, and I think I did a good job of focusing on what I was good at. And I think I gave this to a lot of people that, you know, instead of looking at the month like, oh my God, I got these bills, I got this much money that's going out and and the pressure every time somebody, you got to try and get somebody in front of you because you're trying to sell and you're trying, but you have no idea what that looks like or how much, how many of those people you're going to have to talk to that in order to turn in that many dollars. Well, then every month is stressful as fuck. But if you know, if you know that if you talk to 30 people, you know exactly how much money that should compute to. Well, then you just simply that's all you focus on is that I just need to talk to those people. And then you ask yourself every day, okay, if I need 30 in a month, well, guess what? That's one a day, one a day. Or you can break it down by the week or you could break it down by biweekly. It doesn't matter. But you set goals for yourself uh, that you know that will end up translating into dollars. You just got to track it for a little bit. Once you track it, you get it down and then you hold yourself accountable. Now, what I used to always find is that trainers typically love to train people, but they hate to approach people and they, ha- they hate the word sales. Mm-hmm. They hate the word, they hate to think about Even the fact- you're selling that, yourself every day. They hate that. They hate that they have to think about the fact that they have to sit down with someone and sell them something or go and talk to people. One of the more effective things I did was like Adam's talking about where I'd break it down, but then I'd break it down into to different goals. So now you're talking to people. Your goal is to talk to one or two people a day or whatever your number is. Your goal is to not to sell them something. And I want to be clear. When I'm meeting someone for the first time, I'm not trying to sell them training right away. The odds of me selling them at that point uh, aren't that good, or at least they're not as good as if I can get them to come back for an assessment. So my goal was to schedule an assessment. Mm-hmm. Once they came in, then my goal was to get them to show up. Then my goal was to sell them training. But that's the funnel. It's a big funnel. Think about it this way. like You have yeah. a big funnel. You pour a bunch of people in there, and at the end of it, you're going to get your, your sales. Well, yeah. And you got to set up appointments, and that was the hardest thing for people to understand. If you can schedule assessments and get people to show up, and they're showing up to meet you to do their assessment or for you mm-hmm. to show them a workout or an exercise or whatever – the odds that they're going to hire you are much higher much than if higher I just meet person. someone on the floor. How, just whatever you got to do to get them in front of you, like for the most part. And I like I used a lot of what Adam was talking about when I was creating these campaigns, and that's why I found it. Uh, you know, it was effective because I could see how many impressions I was getting, you know, based off of this campaign, and then you know the conversion rate of like somebody signing up. Uh, on on my website, which also I put a lot of work into the ad copy. So they call it the ad copy, but it's really the text of yourself. You're selling yourself in a very short uh, amount of time uh, through somebody reading all about you. And, you know, for me, I had to get right to the point and then have a place where they would sign up and they they could, you know, call me or they could email me. We set up a time. And so I would track all those things, all those little interactions that it took for them to then either call or email me and then, you know, whether they showed up or not. So mm-hmm. that's all important. You can be a pretty damn successful trainer with about mm, 15, 20 clients. You don't need a ton of people. So getting started is tough. But if you're good, if you do a good tra- job as a trainer, if you make an impact in their life, if you train them properly for longevity, if you if you help them along the way, if you become someone that they enjoy seeing every single week for years and years and years, once you build that up, it stays with you, and it's actually kind of easy to maintain at that point. Um, and really, it's about uh, roughly about fifteen. Wouldn't you guys say about fifteen, maybe twenty clients? Well, uh, that, that all depends on your revenue, personal revenue goals, and how much you're charging. But I mean, you point. know, if you want to work thirty out, about thirty, because they consider thirty sessions. Yeah, a well, week the, to be I mean, I think I think a goal. Yeah. For, I mean, most trainers are trying to get their clients in two to three times a week. I mean, mm-hmm. it's easier for you to to manage. You know, I'm that. glad you said that because my goal eventually, what I learned was I would be I was more successful if when I first start training people, getting them two three, three days a week, but then eventually getting down getting them down to training with me once a week or once every other week. Because what I noticed is when I was able to get them to do things on their own, but then kind of stay with them for support and still train them, let's say once a week or whatever. You could fill the, your schedule up with more people. I could fill my schedule with more people if I lost the client and it wasn't a crazy hit. Mm-hmm. Like if I have a three-day-a-week client and then they leave, I've lost three hours in that week. If they're meeting with me once a week or once every other week, it doesn't hit me as hard. Well, that's a major and, evolution to that because you gotta, it is. you got to get to the point where you have that yeah. many people. That's well, a lot and of number people. two, that man, and number two, they would stay with me forever. Like if I had a client train me once a week or once every other week. That's a small investment for a huge return for <laughs> Exactly. You. They would stay with me for years and years and years. I had yeah, clients yeah. with me for 12, 13 years. I think, a, I think a good trainer evolves to that, but that, that's a 
Got, you know, that's like I just want to say that. Just I so know. Once know. We, it's like you talking about your intuitive eating, though. I always like to check you on that shit because that's <laughs> you know that's a that's a superstar trainer right there yeah. that's gotten to that point that's where like black belt shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You're, you, you know, we're we're working ah. on we're we're working on the the basics right now. And if you don't know your statistics, like to me, that's the that's the fucking foundation. Yeah, most trainers that's have no the, idea. That's the biggest block right there. If you don't know how many people you got to talk to or how many people you got to get in front of you, how much money that converts into. Like you, you, that's your part of your business model right there. It's your business plan. You got to get that down. You got to figure that out. And then as you get, and then you get experience, you start getting more creative. Like the guys were giving all these different tips and, you know, running seminars, you start having these free seminars where you give information and you book 30 people out or you do these fun little camps or you do these little getaway things where you host it on the beach or wherever the hell you live. Like you start doing these creative things that start to draw people to you. That you you're just getting them, and all you care about is them getting in front of you because you know that when X amount of people get in front of you, that it converts eventually into X amount of dollars. But you need to get that formula together. Mm. Good advice. Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll win a free Mind Pump T-shirt. Also, do not forget to check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find my Instagram page at Mind Pump Sal. You can find Justin's at Mind Pump Justin. And you can find Adams at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.